Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Radio.fm. It is Thursday, the 11th of April, 2013, and Dave, it's been a crazy week here in Toronto. I know it's been a crazy week out there in Victoria. We really don't have an amazing show prepared this week, but that's only because we've been preparing for the next two weeks. Today we have a fun show. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of fun stuff, a lot of stuff about Facebook, um, a little bit about Twitter, a little bit about uh, Google. But before we jump into all of that, I want to talk about like the next two weeks. Next week, we have this uh, a really cool uh, PPC-focused analytics company called Aption coming on. I met them at uh, the SMX Toronto show. It all rolled. Every, the weeks just all rolled into one big long <laughs> day. Some time ago. It was like some time measurable in days ago. Well, that's a funny thing. Eh? Like two weeks ago, in, in sometimes in the world of an SEO, two weeks ago is like two eternities ago. Yeah, um, I think it was two weeks ago. I've been traveling a lot, so I'm really not sure. But I think two weeks ago at SMX Toronto, I met the fine folks from Aption. We're having them on next week. But a show we're really excited about is coming up in two weeks. And this is going to be kind of a, a different show. We're dealing with Canadian issues, with Canadian webmasters, uh, Canadian search professionals, people from uh, the tech industry from one end of the country to the other. To talk about what, Dave? <laughs> crazy, crazy notion. Um, we're going to be talking about, uh, well, you know, the focus is going to be um, SEO in Canada. Um, but I mean, you know, for, for a lot of our listeners, I think what's going to be interesting, an interesting takeaway from this show is a lot of the things we're going to be saying are going to be pertinent to everybody who wants to market outside their home country. Um, and, and who doesn't? Um, so a lot of the strategies and stuff we're going to be talking about, some of the unique challenges of, of trying to, to fight a battle outside of your, of your home country, um, some of the considerations you've got to make and stuff. So it is going to be a really, really exciting show, um, and I think it's going to have a lot of value for, uh, for a lot of people. And we have you know, some of the industry thought leaders from, you know, again, one side of the country to the other. So that's two weeks from now, a special two-hour uh, segment or a special two-hour episode of Webcology. Next week, we have the fine folks from Aption. Again, uh, PPC Analytics par excellence. Um, interestingly, they're from Ottawa, so they're also Canadian. <laughs> um, and today, well, you know, we've really got a lot to talk about from Canada's perspective, but if you're North Korean and you um, are somehow able to see Twitter, you might have seen something different than you normally saw from, your, from the dear, trusted ju- leader, Junior. Um, seems anonymous hacked North Korea yesterday <laughs> and they messed with uh, the Twitter feed for um, the official okay I'm, now I'm actually I'm looking at the Mashable report 
So to read from Alex Fitzpatrick's report on Mashable, hackers claiming affiliation with Anonymous took credit Thursday for defacing official North Korea, Korean-run Twitter and Flickr pages. Normally you see post uh, pro-government propaganda aimed at, you know, outsiders because I don't think a lot of North Koreans use Twitter. But now we have uh, pictures promoting the group Anonymous and insults to the North Korean Supreme Leader Junior Kim uh, Kim Jong Un. Anyway, that's the that's the report. I haven't actually seen any of the fun uh, Twitter insults, but you know we're we're on the subject of fun stuff, and and we're on the subject of North Korea. Um, so I gotta say, Jim, that was really nice of you because I know they're they're. They're, they're testing some weapons, and that part's not the fun or, or funny part, but you were kind enough on Facebook uh, to, to lend them a target, and that was, uh, that was great. I think that was your, your post uh, from Toronto. Well, uh, we have this, like, rickety old expressway in the south end of the city that sort of cuts off downtown from the beautiful lake that the city was built on. And uh, this rickety old expressway, it's kind of like... Uh, Kind of like um, uh, uh, the viaduct in Seattle. I'm sorry, I can't remember exactly what the, what the Seattleites call it, but you know what I'm talking about, the one that's going to fall over next earthquake? We have one here, too, and we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> really, we know we need to do something with it, but we honestly don't know exactly what to do. So if somebody would just come along and eradicate this, um, that would be helpful. Um, I <laughs> North Korean nuke falling on it, that would kind of suck. Uh, but then again, you know, it's a North Korean nuke, so uh, I doubt it's going to, you know, get here or really do anything if it does. No, it'll probably land on the shores of North Korea on its way over to Toronto, so, <laughs> you know. Like, you, you um, can't Photoshop this stuff out of existence, and that's, that's what we have to do with our expressway. We have to Photoshop it out of existence and provide a way for drivers to continue to, to, to move into the downtown core. Uh, this whole thing about North Korea is driving me crazy. Nothing's going to happen. There's, we're not going to war with North Korea. North Korea is just acting like a little douchebag because it's the only way you can push the world around, um, and it's scared of people. Nothing's going to happen. It's really stupid. It's no, and you got to feel for the people under. Like, if we think it's annoying for us, imagine, yeah, imagine, imagine living there. there. All you do is play World of Warcraft, and this dickhead is like threatening war. Um, and you know what? Something I'm just going to mention before we head into, and I know we got a lot of news to cover, but we've talked a lot about conferences. You just came back from one. You know, we're interviewing next week. Um, folks you, you met there. And, and I think it's worth noting, because we've talked a lot about what we learn and this and that, and we've touched on this before. I think you've really hallmarked one of the big perks for people to attend these conferences, like um, you know, SES Toronto coming up in, uh, in June, you know, SMX Advance over in Seattle also coming up in June. You know, all, all of these great conferences, and, and there's probably one near you. And, and now, past what might happen at the conference, you know this. Uh, you know the folks coming on next week and you know, the week after that. A lot of them are SES folks and, and attendees. <laughs> um, you know that's that's a real big perk to it to a lot of these conferences for the for the business side of things, isn't it? I mean, you know, you, well, you and I uh, get some get some cred for it, as you noted. Um, and, and for a lot of our guests, it's uh, it's worked out. We met them at conferences. How to say this? There's there's often complaints in the uh, in the world of SEO that there's an elite an elite inner circle. A group of people uh, who pass business back and forth, who refer 
to each other and each other exclusively, um, who seem to be able to make their businesses grow without really doing a lot to make their businesses grow. Now, now that's not true because everyone in that quote-unquote elite inner circle works damn hard to make their businesses grow. But everything else is true. There is an elite inner circle. And it's not that the people in that inner circle are necessarily elite or that they're even elitists. It's just that they all know each other. Right. And they know each other because they go to the conferences. And they go to the conferences and they develop personal relationships with each other. And, you know, like my business partner, Alan Connect wrote in, uh, uh, in what, oh goodness, I'm sorry about this, Alan, whatever the heck the name of the book is you wrote, I'm looking it up as we <laughs> um, Well, you know, um, in the last original idea, again, a, a book on social networking or social media written by my partner, Alan Connect, he says that, you know what, there's no such thing as new ideas in social media. It just retakes on old ideas, which is all about relationship building. And it's been like that since the first two hunters decided to go hunting together and bring stuff home to the cave. It's been all about relationship building. That's how humans work together. Yeah. And uh, that's how social media is supposed to work. And that's how the real world of business works. So, yeah, Dave, you're absolutely right pointing this out. Come to the conferences. There are amazing advantages to being at the conferences. You get to know people who know people who get stuff done. Well, you sure do, and I mean, you know, the the idea of of an elite, and maybe we'll touch on this for a minute, but um, you know, the idea of an elite, you know, everybody who goes was new at one point. I remember my first conference in two thousand six. I knew you. That was great, but you, you know, I've, everybody who's met you at a conference knows you're everywhere. <laughs> it's not like you know, I, you know, you, you were definitely a help in, in in getting me introduced to people, but you know, you, you weren't standing at my side carrying me around the whole time because you're. You're just everywhere at <laughs> those things. Um, so, you know, I mean, you can get through. You know, you meet some people. You you have your chats. You, you run into you. You've got a good idea. And that is why, you know, am I going to refer business? You know, if I have a conflict with a client so I can't take on, you know, where, like, somebody wants to hire us and I can't because it conflicts with one of our clients, you know, am I going to recommend they go to you or somebody who I looked up on the Internet? Well, I mean, the Internet's always right, so, of course, it's going to be the Internet, right? <laughs> but, but, you know. You've got a personal relationship with. That's again how right. business works. I so, sat down for a beer. We played poker or whatever, and you know, I know that you know your stuff. Great. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know your stuff. How much did I take off you that night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I know my stuff. Um, yeah, uh, that was a fun night. I think I lasted to number three in that poker game. <laughs> Thank goodness I wasn't the last one around when security showed up. Um, <laughs> Anyway. Um, okay, should we? Have a, we we got a lot of news to cover. I know we got to we got to take a break here in probably about five minutes or so. So, so before we do, uh, I think we're going to be talking about this after the break too. But let's jump right into it. It's the only it's the only massive story of the day. Facebook phone arrived, but um, well, I don't know how to say this. It's not exactly what you thought it was. People were saying that Facebook was going was gonna to be introducing its own handheld phone device today. That was the big, big rumor du jour. As it turns out, Facebook has introduced, um, quote-unquote, Facebook phone, otherwise known as Facebook Home, and it's an app for Android that makes Facebook the dominant environment on your Android device. 
Well, yeah, uh, interesting. Uh, but you know what? I have a different take on this. You probably have a different take on this. Um, I think if if I and you know we we do if I have clients that are related to um, things you know that are going to target um, people between the ages of fourteen and twenty one, um, I I might care. <laughs> In their case. But, I mean, you, you look at adoption. Would you use a phone whose primary function was Facebook? It's, if it's my primary. primary environment was Facebook, perhaps, um, given what I personally know about Facebook and big data and, you know, my increasing fears of privacy, God mm-hmm. no. Right. But um, quick point I want to make, what's the fast, what's the, the most quickly shrinking and the only shrinking demographic group Facebook is seeing right now. Oh yeah, that's that's right. That's that age group, isn't it? Five year olds. They don't want to yeah. get it. They don't want to have nothing to do with Facebook anymore. Facebook's boring. Facebook takes too long. And your parents are there. And oh yeah. my god. <laughs> I especially feel bad for like my nephews and nieces and stuff because they know that I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they still don't know about privacy settings clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these are these are interesting, and it is interesting that they are shrinking. I mean, heck, I know I've got uh, you know I've got kids, and you know, heading into into that demographic, and yeah, they they are very very well. They picked up that what I put on Facebook's there forever, so I'm going to put stuff on Facebook that I don't mind being there forever. Um, you know, and I'll I'll keep other things to other you know properties where you know my dad's not. <laughs> it's like they would have blitzed down to. I'll, um, I'll bet you your kids play around in Tumblr a lot more than they play around in Facebook. My eldest does, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's he's there quite a bit. And then, of course, you know, there's the second, you know, uh, topic-specific niche, you know, forums and chat areas and stuff like that that, uh, you know, you go in to find out, you know, chat with somebody in, you know, whatever, Japan about anime or whatever. Um, I, I'm going to pretend that's all they're chatting about. That's, I'm, I'm going with that. Um, well, that's, that's all anybody chats about when they're talking anime. <laughs> yeah, you know that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't see this as a as a big, uh, too big a thing. Um, you know, time will tell. I've I've missed. You know, I I didn't really like Twitter either. <laughs> I, mean, um, I still don't really like Twitter, but you know, I'm there anyway. I mean, well, it does think- have some fun. Indeed, Twitter, Twitter's that fire hose of instant information, um, you know, 90% of which is absolute bunk, but every once in a while, some gem of something way important comes across Twitter, and you happen to see it at that time. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, well, and, and we've all, anybody who's been on Twitter knows that is the problem with it, right? It's like, how many hours was this information worth of crap I looked through? <laughs> no, I mean, here's the, here's the thing, we will have to cut the commercial break in a second, but here's the thing about how both Facebook and Twitter seem to be playing out. Um, and the same thing will happen with Google+, although Google+, gives way more tools to, 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 to do this. It's all about curation of your profile and your account. Mm-hmm. With Twitter, you can seriously limit the crap information you see by unfriending or unfollowing people who put out crap information. Maybe yeah. only following like 50 serious people, but those are people who are consistently putting out stuff you want to look at. Right. Um, it's sort of like uh, crowdsourcing your own bookmarks file. Indeed, and TweetDeck is a great tool for for that. I, I mean, there's many others, but that's the one I use, right? Where you can go, and in this column, 
<laughs> I'm going to put these people. And if I just need to kill time, I'll look through the general stuff. But if I actually want to know what's going on, you know, here's the 20 people are my go-tos um, for information on that. Similarly, Facebook, which is doing its own, like, auto-curation, is also a place where, you know, the user has to take a lot of responsibility for the information that either comes into their timeline or is put across their timeline by their own actions. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like, like your kids realize, once it's there, it's there forever, and that is a digital, ref- that will become a digital reflection of you, even if that's not really you. You know what I mean? Right. That's you change, like, but that doesn't. <laughs> indeed. Well, but it does change over time. And, you know, uh, theoretically, it should show a progression of your of your own life. But, again, I'm, I'm sure we're much more than the politics, the passions, and the pictures of cats that make up <laughs> most of our Facebook profiles. <laughs> oh, I really hope so, or I've chosen my friends very poorly. <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Okay, and on that... We got to. Uh, we have to introduce you to some other of our friends. We have to introduce you to the fine folks who keep this radio station running. Uh, we got to take a commercial break here on Webcology. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology at WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned. More stuff after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. AuthorityLabs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Radio.fm. It's the 11th 
11th of April, 2013. Uh, this is Geometric Digital Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. Um, uh, during the break, we were just uh, we were talking House of Cards on Netflix. You know what, Dave? Before we jump, I know we had other news, but you know, Brasco went and just sort of changed the changed the game on us. I want to talk about Netflix for a sec because uh, this is something that's really important. Like, this is actually one of the most important things ever. So important that I'm even going to check to verify that uh, the exact dates on this. You d- you got Netflix, right? I do. Yep. And you're a big fan of Arrested Development, right? I am. The date's been announced, dude. Oh. Okay, what's the date? Oh, sorry, I might have sounded too excited there. I mean, oh, really, Actually, Jim, what's you just, that? You just went up like three octaves. That was amazing. <laughs> Set it aside. May 26th. 15 episodes get uploaded to Netflix all at the same time. The uh, long-awaited fourth season of Arrested Development. Uh, starring the whole original cast um, back on the 26th of May. That's on a Sunday. So, uh, employers, you'll give your employees grace on the 27th, of course. Um, <laughs> if you know what's going to happen, eh? Like, seriously, Arrested Development drinking parties. And it's, you know how Netflix works, right? The episode ends, and they have this 15-second timer. And so, you know, you really don't want to get up to change it. So you're going to watch all 50 episodes like in quick succession. Anyway, there you go on Netflix, uh, all 15 episodes. Now I want to start talking about Netflix, not just because of arrested development. Brasco wrote that he's been watching house of cards. House of cards was the first entirely Netflix produced series. Um, all 13 episodes of its first season have, um, were placed online uh, up on Netflix, I think around the, the, the first week of February. Rested Development is the second of this strategy where Netflix produces a year's run of a TV show and places it en masse for, you know, one long episode of watching on screen. And it's, it's changing the nature of how the, how the internet is used. Wait for the studios, the major studios, the ones that exist now, like HBO, for instance, to start aping what Netflix is doing. And when that happens, webmasters, look for a way to make money. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I don't mean to be facetious. This is for real. This is one of those. This is one of those. This is how the universe changes moments. You know. Oh, it's it's a great thing. And what I mean to me, you and I have talked many times in the past about uh, piracy and stuff like that. I mean, it, it's come up many times, and and not to say it's okay. In fact, I you know we have a hard rule in our house and in our in our office here against it. But um, you know, one of the things that's always frustrated me, and I'm sure you too, and Netflix obviously doesn't have to deal with a lot of these issues. Uh, big part of my problem was well, stop fighting it, just monetize it. <laughs> Just find a way to make, you sell money through advertising, this is the internet, this is the place to make money through advertising. Um, You know, I think, I hear Google's doing okay with that whole, you know, sort of angle on things. Um, So what I, what I, I 
think we're going to see, and, and this is just, you know, this might just be me, um, but I'm betting we're just going to see exactly what you're saying. Uh, a lot of other companies and, and, um, and sort of media sources putting out content in a way much more similar to this um, with just either injected ads or product placement. And you bring up an interesting point. Now, you were talking about the switching from Netflix over. Well, what if they just put 15-second ads in periodically, targeted to me because they know where I am because the signal's coming into my house? Um, you know, you could sell that 15 seconds more. And you're right. I'm too lazy. I'm not going to try and skip through, then back, and, oh, it didn't go back enough. And, you know, <laughs> like, you're not going to bother with all that. Um, you're going to watch it for that 15 seconds. Right. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a I think you called it is over the next decade, we're going to see a massive change in the way media is sent to us. And I think we're going to see a lot more product placement and much shorter ads. Um, and I think that's going to work all around because I PVR anyway. Right? So the, next question, the next question that has to lead to mind is how does that affect user behaviors and what are they going to be expecting from you as a webmaster or as a web publisher? What kind of what kind of expertise do you got to start bringing to the table? Now that the big houses are, who are capable of creating this kind of programming are making it ubiquitous to web content. Well, I, I think that's going to be a, a difference between, and I don't know if you'll agree with this, uh, shocking, you might disagree with my angle, um, whether we're dealing with small or large business. Of course, that's, that's going to be different. But if you're looking at, say, major brands, um, the ones who would be advertising on these TV shows, the ones that will be... Um, you know, we're dealing with people who will probably have more than one device at a time. I mean, there's already TV shows that are feeding out information to your laptop while the show's on, right? So you can be watching different information. So you've got me on two media streams simultaneously. Um, basically, I've got access to any world of information on one, even while I'm watching your show. So I think media, or not media, um, the companies that are doing advertising or companies related to the, these people doing advertising need to be able to react like, I measure quick reaction in a day, right? Like, okay, press release is coming out, or this is announcing. You know, it's in a day that something has to happen. We'll be dealing with seconds now, oh, yeah, um, for sure, for where sure. this is on now. I know it's been fed to Dave and his house, or, you know, and, and to, to this whole region. You know, okay, we need to funnel in and, and see what's going on and react on social media and, you know, fire out those ads into the second form of media that he's watching over to his laptop, make sure these sync, see if he has any questions about our product, ask him to take a poll, whatever. Um, see, I think it's going to be a lot good, more instant. You have a good understanding of where the world is going. And that's, you know, that's something I, I really want to start getting across to our listeners. This is, and the only thing I disagree with you on here, Dave, is your timeline. You, you said within a decade. Sorry, dude. That's way faster than that, man. Um, I'm thinking like you're thinking ten years. I'm thinking less than ten quarters. I'm thinking less than two years from now. You know, you you may very well be right. I mean, my only restriction is knowing that I've got you know people like my dad or like my grandma, right? Like where how fast will the adoption of the new technology be? Like how how fast will it be until somebody has their tablet and their TV? at the same time, simultaneously oh. watching both. Um, and you're right, that may be a much more rapid evolution than I'm think anticipating. Of, think of the 30-somethings doing that today, the 40-somethings doing that today, the 20-somethings doing that today. Um, as, that, as that kind of content becomes more frequently produced by, the, by, you know, by larger-scale producers, for, uh, as, as you noted, say a uh, Twitter... Um, tie-in with um, 
other times. I'm, I'm struggling to think of some of the shows on network TV because I don't watch network TV. Well, you know, know, you've even got something as simple. I know, um, like Amazing Race and, and things like that yeah, use okay. Twitter Beauty. pretty pretty actively. Beauty, yeah. So, so what if what if there was a tie-in with Amazing Race uh, that went across Twitter or Google Plus or some other network that gave people even more information about some of the uh, about some of the areas they're seeing um, the market a market in Bangladesh or a pyramid in Peru. Um, you know, why, why not? And moreover, our audience has to, again, start asking themselves, how does how do I, as a practitioner or my business, start gearing up to feed information instantly to people, to feed instant, richer information to people? Um, there's, al- there's always a way that your product can be made more interesting by... How, how to say this? Timing your messaging. For instance, you have a tweet that goes out um, at a certain time of the day. Perhaps there's a specific landing page that goes with that time of the day that you know will get a better response at 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the, your 2 o'clock Pacific time, more or less 2 o'clock uh, Pacific time scheduled campaign, produces a different landing page that you know goes better at 2 o'clock. I think a lot more precision in organization is, is, is what's going to be demanded of webmasters who aren't able to produce the incredibly rich um, uh, uh, audio or video content. You know? Yeah, well, you're, you're totally right. And I mean, we see situations a lot. I mean, you and I, and, and I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners as well, certainly the people who were at the conferences that we attend, <laughs> we were talking about earlier, um, where our That's job gets harder. They got to you, didn't they? They got right <laughs> Um, but where we see a, a whole new thing added, right? I mean, you know, when, when you and I got our start and, and you were ahead of me on, on this front, you know, there was the environment was completely different. Your your reason, Facebook was nothing. So who's talking about Facebook advertising, right? I mean, it, just the entire, an entire new area of marketing was, was created. Well, here we'll be looking at a, a spot um, where companies, whatever, HBO, to, to use your example, can sell ads specifically to Victoria, Right, or they can sell ads nationwide, or they can sell ad- they can sell to specific groupings. Heck, at some point you'll be able to sell to specific demographics. So I think for people like us, um, who may have clients across a, a wide spectrum of, of, of things, right, of, of a variety of different sizes, you probably have some. I do with smaller budgets and this now. Well, they couldn't afford network advertising versus you know during Amazing Race. Well, that's fine because you know what? They're a pizza company here in Victoria. I don't have a pizza company in Victoria as a client, but there we are. One wants one contra. But, um, <laughs> you know, giving them the opportunity to now start to advertise in these key things, um, you know, and then, you know, for the, for the businesses themselves and the media outlets themselves to extend their advertising. All right, Travelocity, you know, you sponsored it. You got this and that and the other thing. Now, do you want to buy the ad that's displaying while we're having the chat on the tablet that's synced with it? Right? I mean, all of this stuff can be. Um, can be done, and I think our jobs are going to get not harder, but there's going to be a whole new dimension added um, as this uh, starts to evolve more and more. And it all comes back uh, to to your point, Netflix, and they're the ones that's pushing the envelope and going, "Really, pirating's a problem to you? Not to me. We're giving it away free." <laughs> well, they're Great. not giving it away free. I'm subscribing to Netflix. It's costing fifteen well, dollars a month. Right, but we subscribe for our television. The difference is, the difference is, they're separating the provider from the delivery vehicles. Cable yeah. is all about merging the provider and the delivery vehicle. 
It's right. true, and I, I will keep my cable. But, um, you know, I think this, this is going to force an evolution. I think it's great, I mean, because it, it, it also addresses the core problem of piracy. Um, you know, if they can start to monetize in, in different ways, is privacy going to be a problem? No, they don't care about um, piracy. What they care about is it's taking away their revenue. If they're making their revenue... Interesting, I was about to say, I was about to say um, ask the guys who make Game of Thrones about, pri- about piracy. <laughs> the thing is, HBO has come right out and said, piracy has not hurt them in any way whatsoever. HBO no. money hand over fist because of Game of Thrones. It's no, I mean they've they've got a funny one, eh? Because they just sell so much in merchandise. In merchandise, <laughs> in DVDs, in HBO subscriptions. because um, you know, the, the pirated the pirated version will never be as good as the broadcast version. Correct. And a show right. like Game of Thrones, they, I mean they go into micro detail, so you're not getting oh, yeah, the visual definitely. spectacle you get off the uh, off the real versions. Well, or you look at a show like um, The Office to to put to put a positive spin on piracy. Um, the Office, which is run for what is it on season nine now or something like that, it was scheduled to be canceled after the first one, but there were so many downloads of it in the summer after it was canceled, they had to bring it back um, because they knew that the the interest was so high, it actually just became popular after it had done its half season. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a, a, a sort of stopgap. Um, show at, at the cancellation of another. So, um, you know, they, they plugged it in. It didn't do well. All of a sudden, somebody caught on it and had massive downloads and went, okay, <laughs> in we go. Um, and, and it generated huge, huge money. So, not to put a positive spin and say piracy is okay, but, um, well, you know, it does, it, it has helped a couple, couple shows. Well, I mean, every case is different and there can't be any blanket statement. Earlier in the show, I said piracy hurts artists. In some cases, it's, 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 in many ways, helped some artists. Um, Blanket statements about anything to do with the internet are always kind of silly to make. Um, Funny, it's an environment that seems to to ask for blanket comments, though. Um, (laughs) But, uh, and I'm not really sure Netflix has solved the piracy issue, much like iTunes hasn't entirely solved the piracy issue. They've just made on-demand media more affordable for the consumer thus lessening the um thus lessening the 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 the, the want or the need to go pirate well that's it i mean at some point you can't you're never going to eradicate um theft i mean it's just not going to happen but if you can make it so wasting your time i mean if it's going to take you let's say even you know 10 minutes uh, to hunt, find one to download, a show off Netflix, and you get it. And it takes ten minutes per episode. You know, how much is that seven ninety five worth in your time? <laughs> Can you just make it so unaffordable? It's just like I could just go get a job at McDonald's, work an hour, and I've made up that money. So <laughs> let's just do that. Or uh, I could just keep my own job, work for like a couple of minutes to make that money, and yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Jesus, Dave. Desperate times, eh? Wow. <laughs> Do you know, in like New York, there's a, okay. fast food, there's a fast food worker strike happening as we speak in New York. New York, I, I've never I never heard this before. I, I came across this at FARC.com uh, just before we went to air. Uh, apparently, they're unionizing fast food outlets in the United States right now, asking for $15 an hour, and uh, about 400 workers in New York City are off the job. 
picketing in front of KFC and McDonald's. Um, don't know. That has nothing to do with anything internet-like, but just <laughs> the world's changing, dude. Just an interesting <laughs> side note. Um, where would you like to go now? We, we've got people resigning. Uh, yeah. We, we've, we've got uh, the EU going up against Google, uh, and we've got just a few minutes before our next break. So what, what path do you think we should follow down? Well, why don't we start with uh, Google's privacy commissioner or privacy director, uh, Alma Witten, uh, deciding that she's done. She's going to retire. She's going to stick around while the privacy, trans- privacy team transitions to new leadership. But otherwise, she's... Um, She's done. She's going to be replaced by an internal engineer named Lawrence Yu, which is you know, kind of an ironic name given he's in charge of privacy at Google. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure what to say about this. Uh, Google's, Google's being challenged on a number of fronts on the privacy issue from the reemergence of SOPA, which is being rewritten as we speak, um, to... Uh, you know, fights over um, subpoenas for information under the under the Patriot Act, to fights with the European Union over what data is being tracked on its users and how that data is being used. Um, this is not really a good time for a transition in the in the privacy with uh, for their privacy director, is it? No, it really isn't. Um, and it's funny. I mean, I'm sure you've read the same article on Forbes that I did a, about this one. And I, I think it's totally right. I, I can't blame her. Um, you know, CNET declared it the hardest job at Google. And it's funny. I, I pictured myself going back to the old conference thing. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you can or anybody who's been to a conference. And you, you walk up and you, you see somebody wearing the, the Google, you know, shirt. And um, you wander up and ask them who they are. Any role you could list off, I'd probably smile and engage in a conversation, right? Any job, engineer, anything, I would have questions for them. But if I heard head of privacy, I don't think my face would have a big smile unless it was kind of a smirk. Um, <laughs> you know, and then, and then you just, it's, it's, it truly is probably the hardest because it's the only job I can think of at Google that I can go, oh, my immediate connotation to you is not positive. <laughs> uh, Here's the thing. I mean, I'm not. Let's let, let, let's let's take a step outside of uh, privacy advocates' heads for a second, and just just think as engineers, okay? How does Google work? And you know, thinking about how Google, you know, sets the universal cookie and then starts to understand as much as it possibly can about your behaviors, so that it can serve mm-hmm. relevant ads to you. How it brings ads from Gmail, Google Docs, uh, Google Plus, YouTube, any other Google-owned and subscriber-based property, somewhere where you have to sign in using your Google ID to 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 to, to, to use the, the the software they provide. For Google to operate, it has to remember tons of things about any given document or any given user. It has to remember relationships between any given document and the users that access that document. Mm-hmm. And it has to keep all that information, you know, quiet, under wraps, private, as much as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, you know, again, I have my own very strong feelings on individual privacy and the Internet. 
but I really appreciate the challenge that Google, Facebook, Twitter, and other privacy-challenged organizations have to go through every day dealing with information, you know? Oh, most definitely. And I, I do feel for, for Google, just on this, and, and for her, I, I, I like it a lot, and I'm sure you've had this too, and every one of our, our listeners who's who's ever been in SEO and, and, and received phone calls from, from prospects um, will have had this conversation where I, I liken it a lot to, well, I, I want to rank for web hosting. Well, okay, yeah, that's uh, gonna. You know, we're into the six digits monthly budget here. Well, I only have two thousand dollars, right? Well, okay, no, we can't do that then. Well, but I want that. You know, we can find some. It, it, where our demands are, I want Google to provide me exactly what I want at all times, personalized to me. But I don't want them to take my data. <laughs> it's like, but you 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 can't have everything you want um, without without giving a lot. Um, and I, I do feel for in this case because we're demanding more and more from them and they're trying to give us better and better results, more tailored to us, including paid. I mean, that's their thing, right? But at the same time, we argue them on privacy, but we want what, what that violation gets us. We just don't want to be violated, right? And it's <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm not touching, the, the, I'm not touching the, those jokes with the 10-foot pole. I, I appreciate that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have a great interview with Ann Smarty from uh, uh, Search Marketing Ninjas that we recorded at SES New York last week, and Brasco's just reminded me that we were going to run it in the last segment of this show. The only way we can do that is if we go to break right now and do it really – oh, we're not going to be able to do that. <laughs> We've run it oh, – see, it was a 17-minute interview, and it was a really great interview. You know, you know So we're going to be running this next week on Webcology as our first segment. You can hear snippets of the interview that's now available on Webmaster Radio in our um, SES 2013 coverage. We still have to go to break right now, um, <laughs> but we are not going to be able to run this interview when we come back, so Dave, we're not off the hook. We have to talk about more stuff coming back after break, but before we can talk about more stuff coming after break, we actually have to go to the break, which we're doing right now, on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. We'll meander back after these messages. <laughs> Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Time now for another exciting episode of Pace of Analytics. Brought to you by AnalyticsSEO.com. In our last adventure, our hero was fending off his evil nemesis, Rhino the <laughs> Algo. <laughs> That ruthless rhino has updated the algorithm again, and our website is falling down the rankings fast. Have no fear. Use our automated SEO tool to stay updated and to monitor your site with detailed reports. Or use our multi-site project management tool to manage all of your sites to stay on top. Take it from our fearless friend and be your own SEO hero with AnalyticsSEO.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. 
It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? (laughs) You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. (laughs) Aim clear. Brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger. It's the 11th of April, 2013. And hey, Dave, remember that movie, The Amazing Journey, where people made themselves really small and went in this capsule and went inside some dude's body? Yeah, sure do. Could you imagine if that happened and you got to, like, make, put yourself in a capsule, make yourself real small, and went inside Marty Weidraub's brain? Would that be weird? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that Inclear commercial? Like, the like giggling in the background and stuff? I, I did, yeah. Wow, this, Marty is a creative genius. Like, he really is. He's, he is um, on another level. Really. That would like, be a frightening, frightening place. I don't know if I would want to go on that amazing journey. It would just be, like, <laughs> way too much information all at the same time. Because everything that guy does, every, you know, is completely thought out. Um, I assure listeners, everything in that commercial was completely thought out. Wow. <laughs> I thought that was a great commercial, by the way. Yeah, it that, was. Evil giggle um, after saying, you need professionals. That was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sure if, uh, if, if, if Marty Weintraub knew I was in a little capsule uh, deep inside his brain, he'd be scheduling a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what? To your point, and, and, and something for anybody here who creates or, or purchases advertising, and who among us doesn't, um, you know, we've just spent another uh, probably minute talking about Aim Clear, Marty, you know, and his ad, uh, and giving credit and, and calling him really bright. So, how effective was that ad? About five times more effective <laughs> than it was uh, alone. It was that it was really bright. Um, and it only cost you stuff. five bucks, Marty. We'll send you the bill later. <laughs> <laughs> But indeed, yeah, there, there you go. It got, it got us talking about your company. Totally. Effective advertising. Webmaster Radio yep. FM. <laughs> Where are we going? You know what? I think we're going back to the UK or back to the EU because we were talking about the um, resignation of Google's privacy director, um, yep. Alma Witten, to be replaced by a fellow named Lawrence Yu or Larry Yu, if, uh, to his friends, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Good old Larry. Good old Larry. Somebody should write a book about him and all the information they can get about him off of Google Plus or something. <laughs> but I digress. Um, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't suggest anybody invade, invade Lawrence Yu's privacy like that. That's not a cool thing to do to Lawrence Yu at Google. <laughs> An engineer at Google. Uh, based in Mountain View. Just in case On Google Plus. Just, you know, but don't. Probably, yeah. <laughs> anyway. 
Google's got uh, Google's got some troubles in the UK. Google um, has some troubles in France. That means Google's got some troubles in the EU. Google has this um, one mega identification, right? Like um, I am Jim Dot Hedger at at you know whatever, or I am my uh, Digital Always Media sign in at Google Services. Okay, mm-hmm. so. That is Jim Dot Hedger. That's what. That's how you'll find me on uh, Google Plus. That's my big Meta Google ID, and it covers Google Docs, and it covers uh, Google Plus, and it covers uh, my personal Gmail, and you know it covers uh, personal uh, webmaster tools and Google Analytics accounts, and it covers whatever else in the Google universe because I am Jim Dot Hedger. <laughs> okay. And that applies yep. to everything to do with me as a person. Yep. And that is a problem for privacy regulators in Europe. I mean, hell, it's a functional problem for me when I j- want to jump between my professional and private accounts inside the Google universe. But it's a serious problem in law for regulators um, in both France and in, in the UK. Yep. Um. Google has been ignoring France, apparently. I mean, I'm reading this directly out of Search Engine Watch, uh, article that went up earlier today, written by Dan Worth. Uh, apparently, um, you know, Google's been ignoring France. It hasn't. It had a chance on March 19th to show up and speak to the um, French regulatory authorities, French the French Data Protection Regulatory CNIL committee. I'm sorry, I don't know what that means exactly, but they confirmed that Google did not show up to have a conversation about renewed privacy policies. Uh, a year ago, they were found um, to violate EU law. And now England is going after them. The Information Commissioner's Office is uh, suggesting that Google's mega ID is illegal under UK law. And I guess what this, this brings up for me is stepping back, putting our engineers hats on, how else is Google supposed to work? Well, um, and that's that's the problem they hit, isn't it? Well, indeed. And let's say let, let's say that the EU finds against, against a lot of reason, the EU finds against Google. Google's triple-downed on making itself an identity engine and working out your relationship, my relationship, anyone's individual relationship with documents in its index. They've been doing this for like in earnest for two years and you can, you know, if you just think back through the evolution of Google, you can see them doing this for the past like uh, five or six years or at least attempting to. Yep. Google Google Plus and the integration of Google Plus and the and the algo, and the regular Google algorithm. Well, that's like a serious triple down bet, right? Yep. So what if the EU holds against them? Now what? That's uh, one fifth of their market that they have to change to adapt to. Or I'm sorry, they have to change to to continue serving. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean the internet becomes very segmented because of different privacy regimes? Or does that mean Google's just tripled down on a direction it can't go anymore? 
Well, that gets into a, a real mess, doesn't it? I mean, and you bring up some good points. I mean, if we go back in uh, back in time, and I'm sure you've read this too, but I I keep a few of them sitting by my desk that I, I find as, as my favorites. Uh, favorites. This is going to sound really pathetic when you find out what it is. Um, their October 5th, 2006 patent, yeah. um, Systems and Methods for Modifying Search Results Based on a User's History, gets well into detail um, on just the, the sorts of things they're doing now. I mean, we all know patents and white papers. This is stuff that's coming down the road, right? I mean, so in, in 2006, I had an eye to it. It wasn't as sophisticated as what they're doing now, but technology wasn't as sophisticated as it is now. Um, and, and so, yeah, you, you look at an environment and go, can they? Like, is it even, because you're, you're talking about engineers, and you're totally right, is it even reasonably feasible to believe that they can go into the UK, we'll do this, and everywhere else in the world, we're going to do this? And then, and here's the real slap in the face for Google, if they do that in the EU, how many other countries are going to look and go, huh, we won. All right, let's do that. <laughs> you know, and start passing these same laws, which will hurt search results. It'll hurt Google, um, but, but allow for you know, these, these privacy concerns to be. Um, now, given, the, given the state of, the fi- of finances in the EU, I wonder if it's only a matter of time before some some uh, 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 dynamic young uh, mind over in the EU goes. So Google, what's it worth to you? You know. Yeah. Maybe a billion. Yeah. <laughs> we need the money. Well, fair enough. I mean, at, at the same time, it, <laughs> okay, to, to your point, and, and I, I laugh, but this isn't really funny. Uh, based on the the financial situation in the EU right now, which one of the two, the European Union or Google, has more money and lawyers ready to go? Right? I mean, you know, I, I of course the the EU has a lot of you know of power and, and and money and stuff, but Google is is, is equipped to fight these battles. Um, this is an area where it can be a little. The EU can be a little more unilateral and go. Well, you can just get out then. Um, you yeah. know, which... um, the, see, the EU's got something Google doesn't have. A lot more of it too. Real yeah. land. The EU exists in reality. Google exists. Um, well, it exists in Mountain View, and there's a, you know a couple of European capitals as tax havens and crap. But the <laughs> Europe most physically exists. Um, and. Europe's never going to kick Google out of its jurisdiction at all. No. Um, But it may make Google advertising a lot more difficult to do. Well, you're right. And, and, I mean, there are technical ways through their their systems that they could just make it absolutely um, brutal, right? Just make the ISPs responsible for stripping anything on its way out to Google, right? Okay, any personalized data, you find Google's not going to deal with it. We are. (laughs) you know, at least then it stays in, in, in European Union hands, right? Or, or something like that. Like, there are definitely technical things they can do to get around this, and I, I hopefully Google's taking it very seriously. I'm sure they are. I hear those resignations. Um, Again, I'm sure they're taking it seriously, but the question remains, and we won't, we've only got a minute, so we can't actually answer it. The question will have to remain. What does Google do? Yeah. It, it is built on the relationship of personal and public information. Public information being, you know, websites, web documents, um, cat videos of cats doing cute things. Personal being you. This is what you do, what you want, what you want Google to deliver to it, and what it's been attempting to build as a machine over the last six or seven years. Um, a lot of money, investment, and resources have gone into delivering us the identity, the functions of an identity machine. Yeah, um, yeah, and now they may now, have that stripped. Well, yeah, and you know, and and. and the final point, I guess, a lot of us as SEO practitioners have been 
really changing the way we think about the work that we do with our clients. Um, in light of what we know is probably what we knew is probably coming down the pipe from Google, given you know, given their pronouncements around Google Plus. So uh, keep in mind, folks, be nimble. Who knows what's going to happen next? It's probably going to be Google Plus. Everything you're thinking now is probably the right way to go. But <laughs> again, be nimble. Um, prepare for something else. <laughs> indeed. On that, Dave, we got to go. Um, we are. Uh, we're buttoned up against the news, so friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, that's Dave at Beanstalk. What's your email address again, Dave? I always get it Dave wrong. at BeanstalkSEO.com. There you go, Dave at BeanstalkSEO.com. This is Jim Edge from Digital Always Media, or Jim at DigitalAlwaysMedia.com. You can listen to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Stay tuned, more fun coming up on WebmasterRadio.fm. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.